Welcome back to yet another edition of After Further Review with Mark Ferreira and John Pelkey, our producer Jeff Taylor, of course, on the board as always. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, fun weekend for sports. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, certainly Major League Baseball. We're going to talk about the NHL, the NBA, maybe a little golf thrown in there as well. Auto racing was at the fore. Um, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to give you a little preview of Friday's deep dive. Mark's Jesse Owens in, in now is it Mark is it an all Jesse Owens or is it mainly focusing on the 36 Olympics no it's Jesse Owens all I mean right, there cool. is a chunk there is a chunk of obviously the 36 Olympics because of how I, totally iconic that was second biggest Olympic it, moment in American history and, and again time. and again uh, for, for you to somehow to somehow say uh, showing up Adolf Hitler as a man of color didn't run against not once, but four times didn't run against uh, Hitler. Got it. Got to be honest. If he'd actually he if Hitler had gotten into the blocks in the job purse and everything yes. uh, and he'd gone, he'd gone head to head. I, I would have taken Owens. Clearly, I think he would have probably right. won in a, in a, in a, right. in a route. But I, I think that's the difference, John, between you and I is that you you hate you competition. Just, you just stay between the lines so much. I'm looking at the macro of what the Olympic moment meant. Yes, the, you know, the U.S. beat the, you know, beat the USSR. Okay, great. They were underdogs. Great. A good moment. I'm not minimizing Great moment. It, Greatest it American Olympic like moment. I am. Good moment. I mean, what it about Eric Hyden finishing third in the bronze for the 1500? Again, all I'm saying, good it's Lord. the second best. It's the second best. The best moment is Jesse Owens in 1936 in front of Hitler, Competing against, oh, by the way, all of Hitler's, you know, boys, if you will, that that he invested all of his Aryan supremacy in, you know, and beating them to a pulp. That is that is massive. And it's and it's, a, it's an American story as well. How does one invest one's Aryan supremacy? I'm not I, I don't know how. Read how Hitler. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's that's what that's what, uh, you know, the Germans thought. That's what the rest of the Europeans thought. That's what the rest of the world thought. How does one possibly invest Aryan supremacy into a population? That can't be done. Johnny, <laughs> you're making the same mistake. Oh, probably. Well, I, 80 you know. years ago. I know if you had a nickel, I know. Mm. Absolutely. Sorry. Anyway, yes, we are. We are definitely going to talk about the 36 Olympics, but All it's right. going to be about him as well, because there's a lot of uh, very, very interesting, um, wonderful, heroic and somewhat sad elements to his story. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They're very much in some things that echo uh, things that we we still see today, which is even even worse. So looking forward to it. Outstanding. Um, as far as this weekend goes, I mentioned it. There are a lot of sports. We're going to talk about other stuff. Uh, anything you want to chime in on that you watched um, as a Washington Capitol fan? Nothing even remotely surprising happened this weekend at all. Everything that I expect to happen did. You, do you expect uh, to be swept by the Islanders? Uh, well, here's the thing. The year we won the cup, I believe we were down. Was it Jeff? Was it two or th- three? Two. It was two, two, two. We were down two, two, oh, 0 in a five game. Uh, right. So in a five-game series, we're down 0-2. So down 0-3 in a seven-game series, yeah, we could come back. No, we're not going to. So I've, I've called it here. They look tired. Um, they they just, you know, they, they don't look terribly inspired. But I watched a lot of hockey. 
Um, that was a lot of fun. What, anything you guys watched that you want to chime in on? You found particularly uh, Mark? Did you watch any sports at all? I think is the not question. really, not really. No, okay, Fair I I did I did watch. Uh, a, a lot of Colin Cowherd Friday after the deep dive, mm-hmm. and uh, I did He's on watch, Bill Maher Friday night. By the way, I saw that. What a yeah. what a lineup Bill Maher had! My yeah. goodness, I know that was that was the best lineup I've ever seen him have ever in the history of his show. Wow! And um, anytime Keisha and Colin are in the same show, I mean, come on. Sure. But uh, the thing that uh, I watched was a lot of analysis, especially with college football. And just watching very closely this, uh, you know, this Justin Fields thing and um, how the players really want to play. And that's that's kind of what I'm following, too, because that's the dynamic I'm most interested in. I've lost interest in baseball. The Giants are pathetic. Yeah, Uh, I I haven't lost interest. The A's are great, though. Bay Area, the A's playing really well. I'm 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 going to be rooting for the A's, but it looks like, as we've said from the top, it looks like it's headed for, uh, you know, Dodgers, Yankees. And I'm all I'm all hottest team, hottest team in Major League Baseball, though. Tampa Bay. We can we can. You know, we can talk about it a lot. We can talk about actually current sports with Vince Scully as we as we you know matriculate possibly, our way through. Possibly we the, can uh, the after further review maze. Yes, so. possibly Jeff. Anything? I the only thing I, I I really really paid a lot of attention to in the NBA was uh, Carmelo in Portland, which looks like it was a really nice move for them. I I, I like him in that situation. But uh, anything you watched of note? I watched hockey. I've been paying yeah. attention to basketball as well and baseball. Uh, the the NL East is an interesting thing to pay attention to in baseball yep. right now because it looks like a uh, an upside down version of what should be. Because I think as we speak right now, the Marlins are in first, the Braves are in second, the Phillies and the Nationals are tied for third. And the Mets are fifth. No, no, no. That's yeah. not. That's not true, though. No, no, no. Mets. Mets are uh, in second, and and Atlanta is in yeah. fifth. Yeah. No, 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 no. Atlanta is in second place. Atlanta's and, in second, and the Mets have moved down to last place. Uh. Anyway, they're Mark's all they're game. they're all four games apart from each other, which is incredible. Well, and I think the biggest thing is I I don't know much about the National League East at this point uh, enough to make a uh, to make a prediction. Best thing that ever happened to the Marlins was just not playing for that extended period of time. They, uh, they have a, yeah, they the have Mets a are, good, the Mets are in last. Okay, good. No, that, that actually, then, then <laughs> the world has begun to, uh, write itself. Straighten out. <laughs> world is the no thing, longer turned upside down. You know, the, the playoff system, and I know we're going to get into this, uh, later on in the show, but the playoff system, they take the first two in every division and yep. then two additional wild cards. That's how they're doing it. So if the playoffs were to start today, both the Marlins and the Cardinals, Cardinals have played eight games. Marlins have played at this point in time 15. Most others have played like 23, 24. Mm-hmm. So the Marlins and the Cardinals would both qualify. And have I said the best thing to happen is not to play. Just don't play anymore. You're in. Because just every other day, somebody else is coming down with something. That winning percentage thing that they're going to say, well, we'll use that instead. That is not going to fly if teams play, you know, 11 games. Out no, of have, they, have they said there's and they haven't said there's any sort of minimum number of games played for that, right? They haven't mentioned that yet. No, they've just said they you know, we'll go with. Yeah, they better. They better do something along that. The asterisk, the asterisk stamp in the MLB is already warmed up, so it'll just be a couple more to throw in. 
Uh, well, we said it. If nothing, it's a one-off. It might be a really fun season. I mean, who who really cares in the end if your team is not going to make it? Why not see something funky and fun? Uh, all right, so we're going to talk about all of that uh, and, and and other things, but uh, we have we have to get back to progressive trivia. And I got to tell you, the way we're doing the show now, where I only have to do two progressive trivia a month, makes it more difficult. Frankly, I'm not prepared to put a show together. I forget what I'm supposed to do. So I apologize ahead of time if people don't like this progression. Yeah, if, 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 if we don't get locked into a routine oh, and are forced beyond our own decision making to do yeah. things, yeah. if we have to rely on putting our own feet to the fire, it's just not going to work, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. By and the way, we're having some sort of Old Testament rainstorm over here where I am. So if at some point I'm struck down, <laughs> no. would anybody really be surprised? Well, it'd be yeah. great. Yeah, just- it would be great radio and great... Uh, <laughs> Great YouTube video for the, you know, eight or maybe 18 people that might be interested to see someone die live on camera. Oh, it'd be a rating. Mark, Mark, Mark and I would reap the benefits of that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you really would. We would appropriate. We would take our appropriate time to to mourn you, to pay tributes to you. And, and then it. we'd run. With, and then we'd run with it. Yeah, of course. You, you, you can bank off, probably make the show a hell of a lot more popular. Oh, that's the show where the guy. I was struck down by God in the middle of the show. <laughs> I'd give that one a watch. Well, oh, be fun. Let's see what else happens. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you, uh, after further review, they set the bar pretty high. Yeah, yeah, how do you mean? Oh, the last show, one of the co's got struck down by God. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he had it coming. I think we all agree. But, uh, wow, for the Almighty to decide everything's going on in the world, it's like, eh, let's see, clear up. COVID. He does. He he knows um, the show needs a lift, John. That's what it is. I could. Uh, let's see. Um, world hunger. I could take care of. No. How about this douchebag on after further review? <laughs> let's remove him from the equation. And by the way, I know he's not a fan of the Yankees, but he's going to the Lake of Fire. Right. <laughs> That'd be it. I'd be just there screaming in agony with a bunch of you know. Oh, oh God! It would, oh, oh my gosh! That would be worse. That would be worse than hell. To right. be in hell with Yankee just no, no, for me, no. I, I just were somehow worse than hell. The lake of fire. At least in my mind, I'd be like, well, this is this is just unbelievable suffering for eternity, and, and there's certainly a downside to that. But there are Yankee fans in here with me. The real bad side would be if like the afterlife were like sure. a waiting room. And I was in a waiting room, and it was nothing but Yankee fans, <laughs> just everywhere. Oh God! Right. I'd be, I'd be like, uh, hi, uh, Satan. Yeah, me. Um, Lake of Fire. I'm sorry. I'd like, I'm, I'm going with the Lake of Fire. What do you, what do you mean you're going with the Lake of Fire? Uh, I mean, I know that you, you're, you're trying to be a little more uh, reasonable. So this long yeah, waiting room with, with fans that. You, you don't care for. I, I understand this is hell for uh, this is a lesser hell for some people, but I got to be honest for me, Lake of Fire is a respite. So how about turning Johnny into a cinder? Because if this guy over here brings up Joe Girardi one more time, Aaron Boone. 27. <laughs> All right. World camp- uh, by the way, the epic storm has uh, now made its way to my portion of Orlando. So um, perhaps to both of us, perhaps both of us will expire on this show. Yeah. God was just like, oh, there's a co-host. 
<laughs> right. Okay. He hadn't noticed. He hadn't noticed. Right, Just noticed yeah. you, John. You got to be happy about that. Next week, everybody, after further view with Derek and uh, what's the other guy's name? <laughs> Dane. 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 Eric Derek and Dane. Dane. That sounds Eric good. Dane in the afternoon. Not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Mid 20s, you know, good looking guys. Better show. Really? Could you mean they just destroy the curve for like body fat? Because, you know, Mark and I are like, I don't know, what are the average body fat between Mark and I? Like 48 percent, 50 or a little under 50 percent. We're like Trump approval ratings with body fat. Um, Those guys come in here and they're fit, looking good. It'd just be it'd just be a better Um, show. Oh, yeah. I would turn the show into just every day I'm going to advocate for someone else doing the show. That's that's what that's, <laughs> I think. Remember that's the young hardware. guy? Remember the young guy? And after further one. review, he's the old guy now. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Let's uh, let's get to a progressive trivia. As much fun as this is. And then we'll jump back in and talk about uh, the college football that you brought up, Mark, because that is, you know, with our deep dives, which are a lot of fun. We, we really even thought about uh, due to listeners demanding that we not do our deep dive and talk about college football. Uh, we uh, we really owe it to them. So let's get to our progressive trivia first. Remember, folks, uh, you win the thanks of a grateful nation if you get this correct. So here we go. We're looking for an NFL football player, past or present. Here then, the clues. I've spent 12 plus years in the NFL. I've spent 12 yes. plus years. Career numbers, 2,500 plus completions, 32,000 plus yards, 200 plus touchdowns. Amazing. That's that's damn good. I won a conference championship in college. Got too many. Got too many college knowledgeable people uh, paying attention to the show, Mark. So I can't. I really. I'm afraid if I give the conference, I'm giving it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot more easily. I've played with Marshall Falk and Tory Holt. Marshall well, Falk. Got to be a Ram then. And got to be a Ram. At, well, I would say at some point, right? Must have been a Ram. I mean, Tory Holt. Played, I think, with a couple of other teams. And Marshall Ball uh, played with Indianapolis. Certainly. Played with the Colts, yeah. So, But it, at the club, it would always be that, you know, that people come running, oh, literally yeah. running up to the booth, grown men, right. you know, barreling over children on the way to the booth going, it's it's uh, it's a Ram, right? It's a Ram. It, it's Kurt Warner. It's Kurt right. Warner. No, sir, it's not Kurt Warner. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you played with Marshall Falk and Tory Holt? What do you mean? So did a number of people, yes. So there it is. It's what, not Kurt Warner, mean? people. It's not Kurt Warner. That's what I mean. There's nothing beyond. There's no right. meaning beyond that. Right. We're not. We're really not trying to fool you with all of this. <laughs> there is a correct answer that matches up with all the clues. Oh, my goodness. Ah, memories of when, what it was like to have a job. All I right. Know. Uh, let's jump. That's why I let's bring jump. it up all the time. Let's jump back into this college football thing because, uh, you know, and, and everybody listening knows the Pac-12 um, and the Big Ten have announced that they're not going to play uh, this season, maybe in the spring. I mean, that's just completely up in the air still. Uh, ACC Big 12 and SEC uh, have said that they are moving forward and expecting to play a season. What that's going to look like, we're not 100% sure yet. But, uh, Mark, you brought it up earlier. Um and we've talked about it on the show, whatever your position is on whether they should play or not. We had these discussions with Derek uh, Abbott, uh, assistant coach at the Coast Guard Academy and former college player ourselves, other people that we've talked to. Um, whatever your position is on whether they should play college football or not, they have not handled the situation particularly well. Uh, the, the nuts and bolts about how to communicate this, um, the timing of their decisions has, has seemed odd 
Big Ten specifically announce their schedule and five days later announce they're not going to play. Um, but I think the biggest story that's going to come out of this, Mark, I agree with you on this, is uh, what the players have started doing and how this could cause a shift in the power balance in college football. I, I, any number of ways. I, you know, I stories like this, you know, aside from the fact that people who are trying their best are, are going to end up making the worst mistake they could have made uh, in terms of the future of college football, not necessarily the short term about the, the health of the players. But these people who have these people who run college football, quote unquote, really the uh, the conference commissioners, That's pretty much it. the athletic directors, yeah. the coaches, it the NCAA. It, it's not the NCAA. These the, these little feudal kingdoms are running this on their own. And the last thing they want is for all of the serfs to get together in all of these feudal kingdoms and say, hey, guess what? You don't get any you don't get any product. You don't get any wheat. <laughs> you don't get get any, you don't get any uh you know beans this this uh harvest because we're going to all we're going to form a college football players association and what's fueling them right now is the is the desire to play so now you've got the quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes Heisman trophy uh candidate for sure right. first round pick no doubt uh, depending on the year he has, a very high first-round pick. And he has started a petition to bring Ohio State and the Big Ten back. Right. And he's already gotten 225,000 signatures on it. And right. all the media is going, you know, what are you doing, Justin? You could just sit around and 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 wait to be a first-round pick, not risk injury, not do this. What are you, you know, what are you doing all this for? And he says he wants to play. They all want to play. I mean, well, I think that's I think I, I don't know if they counted on this. And I think this is going to upset a lot of a I, lot of things now and in the future. Well, there are also players who out of the Pac-12 who were just unhappy with what they were hearing as far as you're going to go back and play. And there goes my electricity. So I could drop at any time. Um, and I mean that on a number of different levels. Um, but uh you know, they simply weren't happy with what was being communicated to them as far as what the protocols are going to be, what the safety protocols are going to be. And I think, you know, the larger issue is that these guys who and, you know, we're I don't want to get into the argument with the people. If they get scholarships, they're paid. They're essentially unpaid employees of of, of these programs, um, whether the, it's the guys who want to play or the guys who who were questioning um, the validity of the plan, certainly in the Pac-12, as to how that was going to come come about. And there was a lot of speculation that they basically Big Ten and the Pac-12 shut down their leagues to shut that down, to shut down the voice of the athletes because they were afraid that it would uh, it would uh, tip the balance away um, from these athletic directors and conference uh, presidents. Which I agree, these are the people who run college football. The the high the highest paid See, coaches. That, that's when I just presidents. continually get disappointed in in the left wing of this country, John. You got the Pac-12 just representing all the you know freedom hating commies, tree hugging uh, progressives out I. there. You and I, and and they all they want to do is shut down free speech, essentially. You well, know, it, tolerate look, tolerate everything except things hey, we disagree with. I'm no, come on, right wing, left wing, whatever. We've all agreed on here. Follow the money. 
follow the money. And they made a, you know, it's not Pac-12 football is not what SEC football is in the, as far as popularity. I, I don't That's think there's true. any doubt about that. That's um, true. And I think the Pac-12, they made a, uh, a conscious decision that it, uh, safety came into it. None of these things are, you know, there's not an A or B answer. There, there are a lot of gray area in, in, in this decision making. But I think they did begin to think, well, if we move forward with this and these players have uh, voiced their issues with not being brought into the process, and that was part of the decision-making, and then something goes horribly wrong, we open ourselves up for a liability that would make whatever a year's worth of revenue from this conference, particularly in a shortened year, uh, would look like peanuts versus a liability. I mean, lawyers would parachute in from other galaxies. Is that, is that really the truth, though? I mean, what could they possibly get sued for that would destroy them that badly if they made sure everyone signed a waiver, if they made sure that, it, hey, if you break protocol, no, no nothing well, applies to you. You don't, get, I think any, there's you a don't get any medical coverage even. There's a difference for having a professional athlete pay, sign a waiver and having a college athlete sign a waiver. And, and I heard lawyers talking about legality situations with that. Um, some of them are underage. The parents have to sign. So there are a lot of issues. And I'm not saying 100 percent that that it, but is what would happen. But that was certainly that came into play with uh, with these uh, presidents, athletic directors and such. And then in addition to that was they didn't want to be seen as allowing the players to leverage. They don't want these players to get any leverage because I think in some part they do realize that it would be a lot easier to get public sentiment on the player side than it would be to get it on the 80s and the and the conference presidents. Well, I'm I'm on the I'm always been on the college football player side. This this uh, there's so many there's so many archaic systems in place like this idiotic rule that you have to wait a year before you transfer. You know, Alabama loads up. And their third string guy can be first string in other SEC schools. And yet he's and yet he's just, you know, has to sit there and has to wait a year. That's ridiculous. Colin Cowherd actually had a great idea, like limit the scholarships to 70. And so now they can't do it. Now they can't stack their second and third string as much. And that means the talent will be more spread out. And that's that's what they need. They they limited the scholarships because back in the day we talked about Bud Wilkinson in the uh, in the um, deep dive on the sixty nine Super Bowl four nine sixty nine nine seventy um, and Wilkinson's Oklahoma team, which was the dominant team of the fifties. I think they won at least four national championships and probably might even be five in in like an eleven year period of time. It's, uh, yeah, very successful. But at that time. There was no limit on scholarships. And they talked about the fact that because football in the South is what it is and kids grew up longing to play for Oklahoma, even having somebody else pay for their education meant nothing. You know, Missouri could offer them a scholarship or North Carolina State or you pick them. But I've always wanted to go to Oklahoma. And like they said, they had guys who were walk ons on fourth, fifth, sixth on the depth charts that could have been starting anywhere. So they limited how many players you could have um, way in the 60s. I think it was in, maybe in the mid-60s, late to the late 60s. And uh, to your point, it may be time for them to have to do it again. 
at any rate, it's going to be very interesting because no matter where any of these players are coming from with how they viewed the disease so far, how they viewed you know, any of the other sports and how they've handled it, how they view the political situation in this country, it doesn't matter where they're coming from. They are united in the hashtag we want to play. And I think that's, you know, I think they may have opened a, a Pandora's box. Ironically, that's what I brought up earlier, John. I think iron- they were trying to protect themselves. Yeah. And ironically, with this decision, they've actually exposed themselves even more. They may very well. My question to you then is, do you think that they will have any luck? Do you think the Big Ten or the Pac-12 play football this year? <laughs> um, probably not. I, yeah, because I don't think I, they will, because I just don't I, think there's I, time to make that change again. Possibly. I So probably not. Probably not. But I think we haven't seen the end of players, individual players, seeing if they can go to another team, maybe individual schools trying to right. be rogue. I, I don't think we've seen the end of the apple cart being turned upside down, which, well, the Big Ten, which pleases me tremendously. Well, the Big Ten made it perfectly clear to Nebraska, who was, you know, Scott Frost was very, very uh, adamant about wanting to play. And Nebraska shouldn't be in the Big Ten anyway. Go back to the Big 12 where you belong. Well, yeah, that's, um, they go go back to the Big 12. Yeah, go back and play in the Big 12. Um, Make things right. Sadly, the television money isn't enough, so they're not going to do that because, as always, follow the money. Um, but uh, uh, I, I, so I don't think that they're going to be able to go rogue. I don't think that the I don't think the Pac-12 will make the move. I'm. 95-5, I think, on thinking the Big 12, 10 isn't going to play. Now, things move pretty quickly during these quarantine times, so that could change uh, overnight because you have a lot of parents who've also chimed in. Um, it, it's just going to be really, really interesting moving forward. I, I said it before. I think the SEC, uh, the Big 12, and the ACC are hell-bent on, on playing. We'll see if they can pull it off. Um, as we've seen, we've talked about this before, the sports that have been able to bubble – have had more success than the ones that haven't. Um, that it's not an option for college football. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if they can pull it off. And they've also shown college kids going back to campus who are paying no attention to any sort of masking rules or social distancing rules. And that's going to be impossible to legislate on a college campus, in my mind. So, uh, you know, what's going to be interesting is if these uh, and, and Joe Connolly just brought it up, these saliva tests that they're experimenting on right now yeah. that they're trying to get a handle on. And uh, Those are the NBA ones, right? The NBA has them. manufacture, but it's, you know, worldwide as well as all over this country. That's the idea is if you can have a saliva test, which is a lot easier than the other one. And you uh, and the results are immediate or within 15 minutes. And if you could do that, if you could do that every day, then we could just completely reopen any test, whether it's shoving. I'm sorry, Jeff, just whether it's shoving something up your nose or up anything. If if you could get the results within a couple of hours. Yes. So the NBA has been running this test alongside the uh, blood test that it was doing in the bubble and its accuracy is off the chart. So it's already been tested by the NBA. So it's going into the next step of of using it more uh, widely. So there is a lot of hope behind yeah. that particular saliva test. So it's a, I don't know if it's a minute's turnaround, but it's a, a couple hours turnaround. Yeah. And I mean, we've said this on this show from begin from, from minute one, that the, the Testing was going to be the key. If you if you could find a quick turnaround test that had a great uh, deal of accuracy, that you should be able to pull any of these things off. 
Um, but so maybe that's toughest in my mind. Maybe that's the new normal because everyone was talking about what's going to be the new normal. And I thought, okay, we can get used to anything. Human beings can get used to anything. Think of all the security measures we go through now, yeah. uh, post nine eleven. I mean, you know, we would go to the uh, the thespian tournament at the convention center in Tampa with a bunch of high schoolers, and there's major searches, Nerd major alert. bonding, major no, major no, 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 not not at all. It's, I'm it's one it's of those a, nerds. I can say it's it. a competition. At any rate. Uh, and we are just used to that now. We're used to just standing in line, waiting for them to search us, waiting for them to scan us. That is just what we do. So maybe the new normal is that every time we go to work, we we spit into a into a little bin that tests us, and in five minutes, it's we're either we're either good or bad. And the thing is, is that from what I understand, if you're not diagnosed on a Monday and you're diagnosed on a Tuesday, you're not contagious on that Tuesday. So that you could come in, find it out, and then split whatever it is, and then everything's fine. Because otherwise, it's kind of strange, right? If you okay, I'm going to show up, I'm going to get tested every day, but you're, you know, you're inside right. with everyone else. Doesn't make right, sense because they have testing. Uh, they've they've instituted mm-hmm. testing over at Main Gate at Walt Disney World, where we uh, formerly worked. Uh, Mark and I formerly worked, um, and. Uh, so you can get a test. You can go in there as a cast member. They have a dedicated area for it. it. Doesn't cost you anything. You can you can go in. Apparently, the wait's not very long. It's really great, but the length of time it takes to get back your results is not consistent at this point. It's and it's certainly not you know a couple of hours or even a day or two from from what I've heard. Um, though I, I'm sure they're in, trying to improve things. So to yeah to your point, what what difference does it make if I go get a test today and then I go to work? I find out on Saturday and I've been there the the previous five days. Yeah, there's a problem. So yeah, testing is it, and we've said it from the beginning that is the big deal. So hopefully the the test that the NBA folks are doing that they're now bringing into wider circulation will be uh, will be the answer. John, um, I know uh, I, I, I want don't want to hijack this too much, but no, no, we're no, still we're time. still sort of ostensibly on college football, and I do want to bring up I do want to bring up the makeup games that the SEC has given to their top tier teams versus <laughs> their bottom tier teams. Right. They have not balanced the additional two in in conference games that they are right. now playing uh, at all yeah. at all. I Alabama the worst team. I think I think. Alabama plays Vanderbilt two times. They I've been invited actually, to three of their homecoming dances already. Three Alabama yes. homecoming dances I've been invited to already. Yep. It's, it's, I believe Alabama has two weeks where they play an inner squad scrimmage, and whichever side wins is still an Alabama victory because God knows we have to see them in the national championship game. <sighs> or at now, least in the playoff. I at least in the playoff. There's a little bit of a regional thing involved with it, though, wasn't there? I mean, I, th- I think if you look at it, they were trying to, to cut down um, travel to an extent. I think that ostensibly was one of the reasons. But I, I do think they made a huge mistake by not saying, well, yeah, we would like to do that. But we all have to also have to make sure that our perennial national championship team, we're not just handing them a couple of uh, – you know, the the worst teams in the conference. Um, that said, go Vandy. Love to see him pull a, pull an upset. How great would that be? And in this year, it could happen. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. Vandy could get a bunch of kids from those from Ohio State and Michigan, Wisconsin, who just want to play. 
and they had to that's what i'd do if i were vanderbilt i'd lower the academic standards and you know god knows you'd have to drop them you know pretty precipitously uh and i just welcome in all those big 10 guys who, who want to play and the pac-12 guys all of a sudden overnight vanderbilt becomes an all-star team that, i'd love to be, see it oh i'd love goodness. to see it you know but if you're talking about location you know why wouldn't auburn be another game that alabama would play because they didn't play it special. No, the, I mean another an, as part of the makeup. Just play them twice. Oh, uh, well, yeah, because it's a it's a rivalry. They want to try to keep the rivalries. They they spit on each other. So that would be a problem in this area. In this good area. call. Timing. Yeah. Very good call. Uh, that is a good call. All right, let's jump to our second set of uh, clues in our progressive trivia, and then we'll move on to talk a little bit about uh, Major uh, League Baseball. Joe Connolly, by the way. Got it correct. I was just going to say that Joe Connolly has gotten it correct. So I'm angry. And this is my least favorite show in a while. All right, let's go through the first set of clues. In case you missed them, look for an NFL football player, past or present. Uh, I've spent 12 plus years in the NFL. So now we know it's present. My career numbers, 2,500 plus completions, 32,000 plus yards and 200 plus touchdowns. And I won a conference championship in college and played with Marshall Falk. And Tory Holt. It's got to be a ram. Here's our second set of clues. I've been named player of offensive player of the week eight times in my career. I've thrown for 20 plus touchdowns five times, over 30 once. Extra clue there. Never won a Super Bowl. And I led the leagues in interceptions one season. He threw over 30 touchdowns one year? 31 one year man that's just nuts yeah so that's googleable stats people please don't use your performance enhancing device that's all right we want we want to jump to baseball and before we get into uh standings and and we talked a little bit about it earlier uh just want to talk about they they did have to cancel a couple more games cincinnati pittsburgh i think just two games um it still appears that every issue they've had has been with people blake breaking protocol um, uh, two pitchers from the Indians, Clevenger and Plesak, I believe. Um, they're guys on their team and now don't even want them to come back because they lied to the team. Um, and they've I think been Jeff- shipped off to the alternate site for now, yeah. you know, for at least ten days. And that's and that may cost them actually. With yeah. their, they, they may lose money for those ten days, and oh, so yeah. there's another there's another union fight up ahead. Well, that. but but those two, yeah, their team their team can't believe they did that. And what? What idiots. Yeah. And, and and I think Jeff brought it up like early on in this whole process when you said, you know, they're, they're going to have to be team leaders who uh, also, you know, management can make all of the rules they want in the league. But there'd be guys in that locker room. Uh, and apparently some of the guys in Cleveland accepted these these guys apologies, but others were just like, no. And a couple of guys said they wouldn't play with them anymore. So we'll see what happens in that situation. But I, I just bring it up because they, you know, we have had to cut uh to cancel a couple more games. It does seem like this is holding for now, this situation. My question is, though, they've talked about perhaps in the playoffs uh, bubbling, maybe a National League site, an American League site, and then I'm not sure what all the plans are. They would, you know, split the World Series, just put the World Series in one place or all the playoffs in one place or just have two sites. But anyway, um, I don't think they're going to have any choice. And the reason I don't think they're going to have a choice is that the one thing you won't be able to do in the playoffs, if you do have a situation where people uh, where there's an outbreak of a couple of people, just like this Cincinnati Pittsburgh situation where you cannot play games for five or six days, you're just not going to be able to do it time wise. 
If there's a breakout during the playoffs, regular season's one thing, and you can say winning percentage, but I don't think you're going to be able to pull that off in the playoffs, Mark. So I think that really, if I'm Major League Baseball, I am preparing for a two-to-four site bubble situation for the playoffs. I don't think there's any other way they can do it. I think it's taking too big of a chance. I think they're throwing out that test balloon to see how it comes back because it was met with such resistance early on when they remember Major League Baseball was the first was the first organization to propose a bubble of any kind. But that was the union that fought against it the most. That's what I'm talking about. But for a shorter period of time, though, we're talking for the playoffs. So so you're talking a hot month, maybe not. No, but I think they wanted to see what the union's reaction would be. Because the no, unions fought so hard against it before. And I think I think you're right. I think times have changed. Tony Clark, I think, has admitted what a what a stupid decision that was to to, you know, stoke the players fury that they couldn't have their families or not figure out a way to get families in it every now and then. Um, and I think they're working he and he and Manfred are working better. Are but working you see closer my point and about a shutdown. And, if they had to oh, miss no, a couple I, of games, it would be. I think it's the only thing impossible. they can do. It's the only thing they can do. They're already set and up so, for it in Arizona. They have yeah. they have the means to do. It. That's the difference between them and the NBA. Is the NBA didn't really have a place where they could pull this off. They had to find Disney. They had to figure that whole thing out. Major League Baseball for the playoffs easily can make it happen in Arizona. But I don't think that I I really don't think they would do it uh, in a site like that. I think they're going to pick two or four cities and do it that way. That's how I think they're going to do it. Um, because why would why do you think that would be a better thing? Um, be, because I think what they what what they would try to do is to um, because there, there's there's been more and more discussion about this. You brought up uh, the Colin Coward on the Bill Maher show uh, talking about you know why why can people get in an airplane and we can't you know fill a, a quarter of the stadium at Dodger Stadium and have people outside you know social distancing? I think they would try to do it in two to four cities and put some butts in the seats. That's my feeling. Well, if that's their goal and if that's what they're going to try and do, I think uh, I I think that's very noteworthy. But then again, what four cities? You know why? What four cities get that? I mean, I I think in a way, just doing what the NBA and the NHL have done, pick one location and do it. I I agree with you, John. I don't think they'll they play it in minor league parks. I don't think they'll play it in spring training parks. So that's the thing. I think the visual for Why them not? of that would be would be worse. Or in their mind, the aesthetics of you're playing you your fill, biggest they games. Could fill. Yeah. Well, I, just do what they've done with the cutout. Now, now, the, now you can fill the stadium with your cutouts because there's only 15,000, first of all. So it looks like a packed field. And, you know, you just, you, you just uh, green screen the, the backdrop so there's this huge big screen on there. You know, so all the Major League Baseball amenities, if people watch baseball to see the big screen at Dodger Stadium, on, if they watch on TV for that, that's a little odd to me. But I think you're right. They have to do this. There's no doubt. They, 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 you can't take five days off. You can't have a team take five days off in the middle of a, a, you know, it's the National League Championship Series. And all of a sudden, you know, two Cubs come down with it and they've been around the team. And all of, you know, now you've got to miss five to seven days. I, yeah, I, I just, I can't see any other way. Uh, the logistics of it, and it'd be fun to talk about and see what they do. Um, cause I just still don't think that, and this is just my, running through my mind what what you're going to hear about you know do, do we want fans do we 
I, I just I, I don't see them doing it in Arizona. They might. They very well might. Or they might find a couple of places, uh, four places, two to four places in, in the country where but I mean, fans you know, could. What, what's that? To me, I to me, I think they have really, really rural cities. So the temptations for the Major League Baseball players, the Clevengers of the world, to go to Chicago. (laughs) Really? And I think what really got them angry, and I know I'm going off the deep end here, but what really got the rest of the team angry was that they they downplayed it. And and they sort of lied about it. Lied about it. I think particularly Plesak. I think it was Plesak as opposed to to Clevenger. Basically, when first confronted with it, lied about it. And that really, really pissed off, apparently, uh, the players, as it would to me. I mean, yeah. it, it, that's that's where I think baseball. Well, that's the thing. You lose your trust in your teammates. Yeah, I think that's what baseball. And if I'm Tony Clark and the, the, the players union, I am saying, look, the punishment that you're going to get from the league and from team and from the team officials is nothing versus what you're going to get from the union and your fellow players. Because, I, I mean, I just I, I think that's the only way. Obviously, these guys are young. They're rich. They, you know, you think you're bulletproof when you're that age anyway. Um, so we'll see. I, I just, again, I, I was wrong uh, for I didn't think baseball should try to play. I think they've proven that they can pull this off the regular season portion, even with the games they've missed because of why we've seen they've missed those games. I think if they had it to do over again. And I think, Jeff, you mentioned this early on is, you know, make the fine ridiculous if you break protocol. I mean, just make it just million six. Yeah. Uh, you're out after million six. Um, I think they probably would have tried to put more punitive uh, measures in place for that. Uh, but I think they've done a largely a pretty good job outside of that. But I, I don't think they can continue this at all. Uh, all these stadiums. No, I think the bubble, I think the bubble is the only, the only way to go. And, and to your point, uh, the real question is what kind of bubble, where is it? Is it in one place? Is it in two? Is it in four? Do you try and get a limited amount of fans in there? And it changes. I mean, they, they make so much sense. Bill Maher and Colin Cowherd, because yeah. it's like, you're on a plane. You mm. can ride in a plane and you can't go to a ballpark. And, Watch yep. a ball game? I mean, it makes – like, where does this come from? Right. Now, I you said earlier is. I thought the owners in Major League Baseball, if they were if they were limited to like 20%, 25%, it might be cost prohibitive to even open the stadium with the facilities. You, you know, that might be a bit of a push. Um, but I, I would think in a playoff situation – they would they would try to get some people in there. Yeah, because 25, is, for a ticket. 25 is about what – you couldn't go higher than 25, in my opinion, for most fans. Most fans would want that level of comfortability. Even if you're wearing a mask and you're outside, there's every third or fourth seat someone's there. At most a third. Fine. I think you could maybe get to a third of, of a maybe. stadium filled, depending on depend, – first of all, depending on the stadium, because you know, you're, you're – uh, the people at Fenway are much, much closer together than they are at, you know, Marlins park or whatever. So yeah, it's going to depend on the venue, but I think, yeah, 25, uh, a quarter to a third of the people, that's going to be the most you could hope for. And probably to your point, closer to a quarter, but, uh, I don't, it's going to be fun moving forward. It really is going to be fun moving forward. Are they going to let fans watch Alabama and Auburn and Florida? I mean, I've, I've read, I've heard that I've heard multiple different stories on that. Well, I think you're hearing different things from different people. 
uh, different uh, different if, athletic if it directors. Were up to you, do you think at some at some point in the season there'll be fans at the Iron Bowl, if you will? Okay, throw out the possibility of a of a fall spike in cases. Yes, yes, I think I think there will be. I, I, I would I would say I would not be surprised if they enter the season after maybe the first week or two just to just to get a couple of weeks under their belt and see that uh, that they wouldn't uh, want at least a quarter of the stadium filled in some of these uh, college states. Now, then the question, now here's the question for you. Um, are those students or is it your big money alumni that you allow to pick up tickets for those games, for those college games? I mean, I know who I think they'll do it for. I don't think well, the students think they'll do it for their they'll do it for their season ticket holders and they'll yeah. do it for their they'll do it for their student body. But if you're like at Florida, uh, the vast majority of those seats are filled by season ticket holders. The student section is relatively small comparatively. Um, so so it would be the same. It would be the same percentage, I would think. I don't know why they would mess with that percentage. They'd probably keep it at the same. Well, how do they decide, though? Order. How do they decide if you, if 50 percent of your season ticket holders want tickets? It's just a I, random I lottery. Certainly- I think it's just I think logistically it's going to be difficult. It, it's going I to think be I think it is going to be. But I think you don't mess with the percentage. You just keep that percentage and then you do a lottery within that percentage. You know, I don't know. It doesn't you know, there's a lot of questions because it's all uncharted territory. It's all hacking through a jungle. There's not even a path. Let there's me ask you this. Semblance of a path in these stadiums, Florida Fields press box and, and luxury suites is huge. I, I would assume they'd fill those up. During games, either way, right? One more time, because I I lost a brief. The, the, Florida Field, some of these other. Uh, um, that's the press box I'm most familiar with. Um, Doke Campbell to a, a lesser extent, but Florida Field. There are a lot of you know bull gator boxes up there, as they call them, for the big money alumni uh, companies yeah. and stuff. I would assume they'd be filling those anyway, right? That well, would be my have thought. To do it. They. Yeah, those those would be those would be socially distanced. I would think that that's not even in a discussion that they would not have people in those. That that's well, my guess. I mean, again, they'd have to have it in the normal way. They couldn't have all the people in there. They could have twenty five percent of the normal box right. holders. Right. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, if they're allowed, that now that's a good point. If they're allowed and the and no one else is allowed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's pretty stupid. I don't Students think aren't allowed. And I, I mean, I just, you know, I I, 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 I look back when I started uh, college in the fall of 1982 and my best friend played football, Virginia. And as a student at the UVA and UVA was really huge because I think 4,000 people or something it was a medium sized school to small. But, you know, student ID get you into a game. Well, then I end up at the University of Florida where, you know, there are. 10,000 available seats for students and 55,000 students when you count graduate school and law school and and everything. So it, you know, it obviously you couldn't just go to a game. There was a lot back then you had to camp out for God's sake. You could now you do it all online. Somebody was passing it along me the other day, went to Alabama. Um, But uh, it's gotten away from that. college football games are for college students. It's, it's the big money that they bring into those games. It's enormous for, and it's yeah. it's good for these small college towns because the students aren't spending any more money if they're there at the game. Um, 
the people who are coming in from out of town are the ones who are going out to dinner and utilizing the hotels and all that sort of thing. So, you know, follow the money. I think there are going to be people there. I think they will be largely season ticket holders and that the students will be at the uh, at the at the ass end of everything. Summarily dismissed. Yeah, Summarily exactly. Dismissed. They will be the first people. Uh, Joe Conley asked about the bands and the cheerleaders. That'll be all remote videos. They'll be in, you know, remotely set up. Just I don't know. Bands, bands, it's going to be really, really difficult because of uh, the nature yeah. of, of bands. And uh, cheerleaders, what purpose? <clears throat> the nature of anything even nearing what we've done our entire life. Yeah, it's a good good point. But we've gone on about this, uh, this one uh, longer uh than, than I wanted to, but I did want to talk briefly about baseball before we get to the next set of clues, even though Joe Connolly's already gotten it right and it makes me angry, uh, about the standings in baseball right now. Um, the surprises as you see them, Mark, the biggest surprises. Well, Baltimore is a huge surprise. That's yeah, that's really fun to see. I guess. They're three games out. Tampa Bay's been yep. hotter. But but they're they're above five hundred. They would be in the playoffs if it start if it started today, and they'd be in the playoffs by a decent amount, a comfortable amount. So that's very surprising to see to think that Baltimore would be in the playoffs. The White Sox the same way, although I think there was a little bit more love toward the White Sox. Yeah, a couple of people picked them as sort of a dark horse team. Uh, the Angels being horrible is a uh, a bit of a surprise. I thought yeah. they were. I, I was under the impression they were managed by the best manager in baseball. I got. I guess I got that wrong. Um, obviously yeah. Miami, but we'll we'll see them fall down to earth. <laughs> well, just don't play anymore. You test positive again. I mean, you've been at the top of the division. No, I know that's the key. Positive tests and winning percentage. Yes, yes. Bring on the bring on the. You know, false positives. Um, oh, I also Atlanta, Atlanta finished second in the uh, in the National League West. Oh, really? What was the what was their final record? They were forty two and eighteen. Oh, that sounds that sounds like they were pretty good. Hey, uh, who won it? Miami. What were they? Nine and six. I'm sorry, they were nine and six. By definition, they were well. The Braves were well ahead of the Marlins in. <laughs> okay, game. Okay, so this is the other thing that's interesting. I I brought this up earlier. Is that there's going to be because of this playoff format? It's two, two, and two in each division, plus two additional wild cards. So there's eight in each league that are being selected. So there's going to be a lot of 500, maybe even sub. It'll it'll look like the NHL playoffs. <laughs> it'll look like the NHL playoffs where you have teams that are well under 500 that are in there because that's how they do it. Um. It's going to be very interesting, and the fact that the Cardinals, to your point, John, after playing only eight games, they're four and four, and they would qualify for the playoffs if they were to start today, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's and those are my biggest surprises. There's no uh, Colorado too, probably another big surprise. I'm a little um, surprised that Chicago, the Cubs, have been as good as they've been. I mean, they've yeah, they've, I agree. I mean, with they, that. Did, they did drop three in a row, uh, but I mean, they have been they've been as consistent as anybody including Los Angeles and, and New York, frankly. So, again, I guess, you know, maybe we can attribute their recent success in the last half decade or so really to the organization and to uh, to the man up top who See? also turned around the Boston Red Sox yeah. uh, as opposed to whatever manager they have in there at the time, whoever it is. Just saying. <sighs> so, it's tough at this point because you can't say anything when the team he's managing is 7-15. and 15. I know. I know you really can't. Um, Although Trout is off to an amazing start again. Nine home runs and 
30 RBIs and they were batting average. They were missing Anthony. They were missing Anthony Rendon until very recently as well. They still suck right now. It is. It is surprising. Go A's. Anyway. All right. That, so that's, that's probably a big a 16 and six. Are they the best team in major league baseball? Yes, they uh, are. Yeah. I they think are, it's because 16 and seven are the Dodgers. I think. And, yeah, and uh, fifteen and six are the are the Yankees. So you know the Yankees will bat down the A's in the playoffs, which always happens. And you know the Dodgers will win in a strike shortened season, which they did in nineteen eighty one. They're used to this. They're the Washington Redskins of uh, Major League Baseball, Washington Football Club. Oh well, Red. Well, now that's an interesting thing. Do you call yes, them is. the Red? when you refer to them or do you just say Washington just to make it easier I just um, I'm trying to get used to just calling them the Washington Football Club so that's what I do but I fall back on if I'm talking about history yeah well but the thing is you know you're talking about the Dodgers we had the d- deep dive with the Dodgers Giants and it's much easier you once you mentioned they were called the Sur- Superbas did I get it you right still can't get it right Superbas Oh, I thought that's why I said didn't I? Superbus. Superbus. No, and you really didn't. Yeah, tomato, tomato, okay. superba, superba. And uh, and then the other thing is, I had that an eighty-seven Robins. Toyota Superba once, and it was a fine car. I bet it was. They were called the Robins for a while, but we just we still talk. We still call them the Dodgers. Sure, it's the Dodgers organization, so maybe we will. We'll just call it the Washington Football Club. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. All right, let's uh, let's get to the final set of clues for our progressive trivia, and then we'll move on. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, a couple of the bubble sports, actually. Um, here are your first set of clues. We've been through uh, eight already. Spent 12-plus years in the NFL. I've spent career numbers, 2,500-plus completions, 32,000-plus yards, 200-plus touchdowns. I won a conference championship in college. Played with Marshall Falk and Torrey Holt. I have been an Offensive Player of the Week eight times. Uh, 20-plus touchdowns five times. Uh, never won a Super Bowl. I led the league in interceptions once. Final set of clues. I played for 12 head coaches in my career. I have the highest Wonderlick score Oh, Conference Player of the Year in college. So these are out of the order of the way I wrote them. Uh, highest Wonderlick score ever by a quarterback. Actually, one other guy from his alma mater actually has the highest score ever, but he wasn't a quarterback. And I've never been on a playoff team. Well, 12 head coaches in essentially the same amount of years. Uh, there you go. There is our uh, progressive trivia. Again, congratulations to Joe Connolly for getting it right. All right, let's jump back in uh, and briefly talk a little about the NBA and the NHL. Let's start with the NBA since they're in our backyard. Um, Anything as we move forward um, into the playoff portion of this, I think we all agree that the Lakers are not what a lot of people thought they might be. Um, But any, any surprises going into this, anything that you're looking at, um, to give us some idea through this first round who your favorites are, because I will say this from what I've watched recently, the level of play has ramped up from that first like week and a half when it was obvious that there had been a layoff. You're starting to see better play really across the board in my mind. Yeah. I think the Lakers are ripe for a first round upset. Portland is, I have no faith. They do not match up in the backcourt at all, at all. It is a, Massive mismatch. And 
it's going to be up to LeBron yet again to to carry him through, and I'm not sure he's up to it in his 17th season. Not not uh, not since, Davis. Not since his original Cleveland team has LeBron James been talked about potentially losing a first round matchup. This is a first for him. It is. It is, and it's 17 years in, and it's with a team that. Uh, you know, won the entire Western Conference. So it would be a remarkable thing to happen. And uh, Portland is poised. I, um, Other than that, it's going to be interesting. Houston, Oklahoma, I think, is going to be very interesting. I think Houston is a really, really good team, but that's a bad matchup as well. That's the thing. There can be... There can be teams poised for a serious run, but you just hit a you just hit a bad matchup. Yeah, I will tell you this: that the Milwaukee Bucks do not have a bad matchup in their first round series. I think they're gonna <laughs> think they're gonna you know cut right through the poor Magic. Hey, listen, the Magic getting there really. I mean, that's a step that that team at this point baby steps, and uh, they, they got there last year and they won one playoff game. Remember against the eventual. NBA yeah. champions. But I don't but, think any, uh, I certainly didn't think with the break this year and uh, the way things uh, it shook out for them, I, I really didn't think we would see them uh, get to this point. So Tor- I, I'm, I, I think it's a plus for Orlando. Toronto's a, a huge surprise. They lost arguably uh, the best player in the league and uh, they're back. They, they were second in the Eastern Conference even before. Haven't, lo- the haven't lost a step, really. You're no, right. No, they, and, and it's incredible, and I, I think they could make a run again, which would be crazy in a softer Eastern Conference than Western Conference. You could potentially see them playing for a championship again. Well, and we certainly, I, you would say, at least at this point, Milwaukee has not proven itself in the playoffs. No. They've not. They've not shown that they can grit it out when it has to happen late in games in these kind of series yet. Now it's only been a couple of years with this crew essentially, right. so they're young. Give them time. Usually in the NBA, it's an evolution. People don't just come out of the blue and win a championship. You have to kind of win the first round and knock off the the net, the big guys after that. But uh, this year, this year could prove to be different just because of the the format of what we're what we're looking at, what we've been through. Yeah, it's true. So we'll so we'll see what happens with them. But yeah, I like Toronto a lot. I do like Toronto. Yeah. Um and and in the West I like Houston. I like the Clippers. I don't know it, it seems to me on paper that the Clippers are a semi lock. That's that's the I, team I expect to win the championship, the Clippers. Yeah. I'd like I to mean, see that. On paper, I think that's that's the, the strongest the team. O- That's the, only, the strongest combination. The only bummer about that, though, I wish they could hold off one season because I want the Clippers to win the championship at Staples Center. Well, who, who, who Jeff knows? Who hates the Lakers? I do hate who, the who Lakers. Knows, yeah, who knows what will happen by that time? Who knows if they'll still be? Maybe they'll. They may be able to move their playoffs out of the bubble. I hope. Where, yeah, I, where, that'd I be great. They're playing. Where does they're, the Lakers' hatred come from, Jeff? Uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, gotcha. Yes. Because he left here? Yep. Went to the Lakers? That's right. Because he, he did, did what everyone with half a brain would have done? Everybody, but the, you're right. But at the same time, I, I hated him at the time, too. I've gotten over that since. My Lakers hatred has never gone away. Plus, I hate the front runner. I just can't stand the <laughs> front runner. The Lakers, you got to hear about them constantly. I mean, they, they, uh, I feel like LeBron James will now go down in history as better than Michael Jordan. 
because he played for the Lakers. I don't think so. But but did you hate Michael Jordan and the Bulls when they were the front runners? No. They, no. they were the front runners. They were, but uh, they weren't the city that is a front running city. They were from a city. They were a second city. So I was. I tired. I tired them. of the Bulls in the end. I got I sick of seeing them win all the time, but I didn't hate them. I I I loved Michael Jordan. He could have worn he if Michael Jordan played for the Lakers, maybe I would have had a different feeling. But uh, I I just I couldn't hate the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan. Just seemed like they. They got something that was a once in a lifetime thing, and it looks like it, it was. That's a good. That's a good point. Second cities. No, there's like literally by definition no arguing that point <laughs> yeah. that they are a second city. You know, and and L. A. is the first city. You know, on that half of the country, and New York's that the first city on the other half. And yeah. So, yeah. Do you hate the Yankees then too? Do you hate? Yes. Everything New York. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. All right, uh, let's jump to the NHL. <laughs> really, I, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to picture Michael Jordan as a Laker, and uh, I, I was not a Laker fan. Um, but Mark, given you know my disdain for greatness, um, I think I would really, really hate yeah. the Lakers. Michael Jordan gone to the Lakers, I think that would have affected me even even more. You would have, and and that's what I confused your hatred for greatness with what Jeff his hatred for front runners. I I equated the two, and. He, it's not that at all. It's, you know, the consistent front running position of the Los Angeles Lakers in the history of the NBA. You know, that that entire franchise has always been the one to knock down off the mountain for the most part, at least in the Western Conference. And Chicago's really never had that. The Bulls were pretty good in the 70s. Dick Mata. Remember him, Johnny? Yeah. Dick yeah, Mata. Philip Bullet head coach. Dick Mata. I'll tell you, you know who I like in in, in uh in hockey, <laughs> as little as I know, and maybe it's because I did the deep dive, but I like the Flyers. Yeah, I think the Flyers are playing very well and had been playing very well, and I think they're going to do well. I think they're going to get knocked out in the first round. They're up 2-1 right now, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, they're facing a goalie that's very good, and they're, they have a kid in goal right now who could potentially be the man, but... Uh, and how often do we see that in hockey, though? Often. Guy steps up and, you know, boy, ta- and very few sports can you ride somebody uh, as far uh, as you can a hot goalie in the uh, in the NHL. And I just go back to the, the 1998 Washington Capitals with Olaf Kolzig. That was not a great team. Peter Bond was really your only superstar on that team, and they had a lot of uh, pieces, the Esatikinens in the world of guys. Um, they had some good defenders, but they was were it? not – wasn't, was Yager, wasn't Yager on that team? On the on the Caps team? Yeah, 98 Caps. Yeah, I don't believe I think, so. I think Yarmir Yager was on that team as well. Mm, I've probably put that out of my mind. But they were not as good. They were not no, as talented. No, they should not have gone to the Stanley Cup final. And uh, Kolzig just stood on his head that whole yes. time, sort of like Barlamov's doing right now, uh, the former capital goaltender against, so, against the Caps. I think... I think the reason I'm really in Philly's corner, and I just checked the numbers here, they obviously finished the regular season on a tear, and yes, there's months in between, but they've come back, and I think they're five and one right now the, since coming back. The Flyers, the Flyers, they they yeah, swept through their qualifying but, round, but but, but and they're I up two one over Montreal. But having having watched the the uh, qualifying round, none of those teams cared in the round robin. Philadelphia seemed to be the only. They were the fourth coming in, 
they were the guys that cared during the the round robin. So they were able to pull off the wins against teams that were better than them. If they get past Montreal, I, I have a feeling that, that that will be their their run. They'll be done. Uh, I just, by the way, Joe Conley has mentioned uh, that because he now finds out that I dislike, uh, th- that I hate greatness, that's where the Cowboy uh, hatred comes from. It is not where the Cowboy hatred comes from. Uh, that's because we're down a president, thanks to Dallas. There we go. <laughs> that's the real reason why. That and line here comes the president and Mrs. Kennedy taking a left thumb. No, I won't. I know. I can't. Oh, no. Now, Going by the school book depository, heading for the Stemmons. Oh, for the love of all that's holy. John, right. I, I was wrong about Yager, but they still had Dale Hunter. They had Esatikanen. They had they had a they had a right. decent Joe Juno. They had they had a decent oh, team. No. Yeah, Joe, Joe Juno was Joe Juno was good. Uh, uh, Dale Hunter was uh, a leader, still a little bit on the uh, on the downside. And Tekenen was just that guy. I mean, he did everything okay, and he got into everybody's head better than anyone else in the history of the game. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, so they they were good, but they were not. No, the they Coles did not deserve to be there. there. Yeah, Coles, and that's. What, He's the name you really remember from that team. And that's what I'm watching for with watching hockey now is just uh, who, who am I seeing goal keep goaltender wise who, who who's Are really hot. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little surprised that uh, and, and they got a win last night desperately. It was I'm a little, just a little surprised with St. Louis uh, uh, struggling the they, way that they've struggled. They rolled, They rode Bennington through the playoffs last year and to the Stanley Cup. And he's not the same guy this year. No, and I like Vancouver. I've kind of, I've got a sort of a soft spot for the Canucks anyway. So, um, all right. So that's, uh, that's plenty of, the, plenty of that talk for gosh sakes. Uh, as we try to, try to keep these shows a little less like a Merchant Ivory film and a bad one at that. Um, speaking of which, I, uh, I, I have no idea why I'm going to bring this up right now, but I watched Gandhi wow. the other day. I watched the oh, whole wow. thing. Yeah. Watched the Really? Yeah. I watched the whole thing. I thought of it when you said about the, uh, NFL, uh, excuse me, the college football players refusing to play um, because there's a, a, a great period where India was trying to get independence, where basically the the people just wouldn't ride buses and they wouldn't they wouldn't use any of the government facilities and st- such. And that was a really effective thing. But, uh, yeah, I watched all of Gandhi and all I could think of is probably like one of our deep dive shows which is that there are, there are times when I'm really, really focused into it. And then there are other times where I'm just, it's like staring at an oil painting. So I'm, <laughs> I'm promising that, uh, that, that I'm going to try to do better. So let's get to the answer for our progressive trivia, which Joe Conley got already. You're saying that's how you present your deep dives, John? No, I, 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 it's how I perceive our deep dives. Is oh, that there, there are moments of excitement uh, punctuated by just long stretches of boredom. Even even whilst you're presenting it yourself, more so than when I'm presenting it. When I'm presenting it, absolutely. I, I don't set the bar very high for you. For me, though, I you know right. I got you. All, All right, right, here we go. Here are our clues for our progressive trivia. Again, congratulations, Joe Conley got it after the first four clues. Twelve plus years in the National Football League. Career numbers: twenty five hundred plus completions, thirty two thousand plus yards, two hundred plus touchdowns. Is there? Hall of Fame approaching numbers, Mark Ferrer. Yep. Uh, I won conference championship in college. Would be the Ivy League. Uh, played with Marshall Falk and Torrey Holt first two years in St. Louis, but he moved around. I've been a player of the week, offensive player of the week eight times. I won a conference, excuse me, through for 20, excuse me, yeah, I switched those around. Uh, threw 20 plus touchdowns five times. Never won a Super Bowl, never even played in one. 
Led the league in interceptions once. I believe 23 interceptions that season. Uh, I played for 12 head coaches, eight teams and 12 head coaches. Three times he was on a team that fired their coach at the, uh, at the midway through the season, I believe. Uh, Conference player of the year in college, again, the Ivy League. Highest Wonderlick score ever for a quarterback. They're not 100% sure. They do not give Wonderlick scores out, but they do confirm that he has the highest score ever for a uh, for a quarterback. He's also supposed to have finished this, the, the test in nine minutes, which they give you an hour to do, um, but there's, there's no confirmation on that as well. Never been on a playoff team, and the answer is... See what all that edumacation gets you? <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. Out of Harvard. There it is. Uh, a fifth-round draft choice. The 250th player picked in the draft. A fifth-round draft choice. He's played. I'm going through who he'd played for. It was St. Louis, Cincinnati. St. Louis, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Houston, the New York Jets, um, Miami. Tennessee, Tennessee, uh, Miami, and Buffalo. Those are Those are the teams that he's played for. It's almost Eight easier to say the teams he hasn't played for. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So he did he play with uh, two other teams before he got to the Bills? I think that's the the case. Yeah, he you played with. That. I think he played two years each for St. Louis and Cincinnati before and he got to the Bills. There was no mention. We the first time I heard of him was when he went on that five and zero run with the Bills back in like twenty ten or twenty eleven, one of those years. Yeah, he had one of his thirty one touchdown pass year. I believe was with the Bills. Yeah, well, there you go. He was he was the man there, and then and then it became apparent as his career progressed that you know he he's could streaky. be the man for two or three games. Yep, he's Don Strock. He needs to a be a guy who comes in for a guy that gets hurt in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. And he's never had that opportunity. He's never been on a playoff team, but he's like Don Strock. Don Strock for the Dolphins when he started a game. Generally, and Don Strock didn't have those like great starts, but usually he was. Eh. But, man, if he had to come in in relief or a guy yeah. got hurt the week before, he would just light it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's a little bit like that. But he's one of my favorite players. I just love is him. He, is like, he really? Strong Fitzpatrick. facial Oh, I love hair. all I see, guys. Strong I facial love hair game. What's that? Strong facial hair game. He does. It's even longer now. He's, he's in mind, he's looking like an Amish puppy mill runner guy. Is, I mean, which, which is why I wouldn't call it strong. Is, is Ryan Fitzpatrick all Ivy League guys? Uh, is he all yeah, Ivy League? Is, is he all yeah. Ivy League guys? You said you love all Ivy League guys. He might be. All I do. Ivy I, no, guys. I just like I just like guys who play anyone that. <laughs> I like anybody who played in the Ivy League. That's it. Because I fancy myself someone who should have gone to an Ivy League school. Huh. And I wasn't hung up on this whole doing work in high school thing. It just seemed like it was very effortful. That tends Effort. to not get you into the Ivy League. Yeah, it really does. Unless you know your last name is. Kushner, Kennedy, uh, you know, if you're a legacy, you're going to go into an, you're getting into an Ivy League school. You you have to wonder uh, how uh, John Kennedy Jr.'s grade, how bad John Kennedy Jr.'s grades were, because he couldn't get into Harvard and his name (laughs) had to go to Brown Jr. Yeah, there's the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard. And they're like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you in the Ivy League, son, but uh, you can go to Brown, which is also the alma mater of uh, Tony winning, award winning 
David Diggs from Hamilton. There it is. There's the Hamilton talk. All right, let's jump uh, back. Uh, only Hamilton talk in the show so far. And Chris um, Berman, I believe. Chris Berman did go to Brown. Yeah, we talked about it. Um, next week, or next this coming Friday, it just seems like next week. Time waits for no one. Um, <laughs> I was listening to that song just before the That could be an outro song for us. Time waits for no one. Yeah, probably. Actually, we're we're looking. We 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 need Tommy to uh to write us a, an opener and a closer. Yeah, yeah. We need to because we got to stop because at some point the cease can't and keep desist. using other people's music. Yes, exactly. At some point the cease and desist from Mick and the boys is coming down. <laughs> he called me and asked me to stop playing it, but he hasn't done anything legal yet, so I'm going to keep doing uh, it. Jeff, it's Mick. <laughs> you know, uh, as I was in my expensive apartment, uh, when listening to sports talk radio. And I heard me song. Stop it. Stop yeah. it now. Yeah, Mick, I'll get right on that. All right. But for him to call you, and, and that was pretty reasonable of Mick, thinking about it. <laughs> really is. He, he, he was listening to that further review in his apartment. Yeah. Just <laughs> not just like a apartment. If Charlie knocks on the door, though, Jeff, don't open it. Because no. if Charlie knocks on Charlie Watts knocks on the door, it's for one reason and one reason only. He is going to punch you right in the face. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. Yeah, yeah, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie didn't put up with any bullshit. All right, uh, speaking of not putting up with BS. Yeah, good call. This coming Friday, uh, we are going to do our deep dive, and I'm, I'm, I always give you a hard time about the whole Olympic thing because I think the 1980 Olympic hockey team was the greatest moment, and you think this is the greatest moment. I certainly think they're really the only two moments that are in the discussion. Uh, I agree. Um, so let's, uh, let's no. get a little bit of a preview to uh, Jackie Owens, both. The 36 Olympics, Jackie Owens, and, 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 and the American hero that Jackie Owens was beyond that. Now, you're conflating Jackie Robinson and Jesse Owens. Oh, did I say Jackie Owens? I did say you, Jackie Owens. Multiple times. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's fine. Sorry. I'm just, Jackie I'm, I'm just glad it's happening to others. Jackie well. Owens doesn't <laughs> money. I lost. I played poker with Jackie Owens in Aruba, 79, and the guy was pulling cards out of his sock. Aruba. <laughs> Wow, 79. I spent two weeks with Jackie Owens in Aruba, and I tell you what, he was always the first one to pick up the tab, but my God, would he cheat you at cards. So I hired a couple of guys to cheat him within an inch of his life. There's a single up the middle. There's Harvey at it first. Uh, boy, that's just... Uh, it just always bird. goes dark now. It always goes dark. I've had Vince several Scully. people... I've had several people across, like, di- people that you would never... You wouldn't invite them to a dinner party together. Uh, but they've all said they they enjoy evil Vin Scully. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I was talking with Jeff uh, the other night. I actually, I actually called him, John, and uh, we were discussing... Uh, you know, just said, like hashtags Jeff, for the it's Mark. replacing me. I'm in my very expensive apartment. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, we, we, I, I confessed, I said, you know, I don't know if we're getting close to a line a little bit, you know, murdering Andrew Jackson, murdering his slaves. And, and Jeff was going, Mark, you are not even near the edge. You're, you're not even, you're not even the envelope that you may be pushing. Isn't even on the table for you to look at yet. <laughs> So with that in mind, because we we are much more conservative than than we think we are in this realm, John, you you and I both. Right. Because we're scaredy cats in the end. That's that's the reason. Desperately frightened about all things at all. <laughs> we, we are. Um, but that's why that's why. Um, and I can't even say it, but 
the fact that you are going down the road of Vin Scully narrating calling. the Kennedy assa- calling the Kennedy assassination. Look the at the crowds calls. on Houston and Elm. Yeah. Oh my goodness, they're out in force today. Oh, <laughs> uh, look at the smiling president, along with the governor of Texas and his lovely wife Nellie, as they take a left and head towards the triple underpass. I tell you, I've gone through a. <laughs> what was that? Oh boy. Well, we should have known. Dallas. Sorry. I'm just. Does it, does it offend you? <sighs> no, I was. No, I'm beyond. I'm just Vin Scully would find out because honestly, I don't think there's anyone on earth that if they chastised me, I would feel worse about myself than Vin Scully. <laughs> no, John, I, I got to tell you. Uh, the evil Vin Scully, it makes me sad. If if, if if Vin Scully, if Vin Scully noticed our show enough to be sad about it, that would be I would I would feel like uh, we've succeeded with the show. And don't you think Vin Scully probably off air? It's like that uh, Phil Hartman Reagan sketch where he's, you know, hello, who are you? I don't know what room I'm in. And the minute everybody's out of there, he's like some capo to capo from the mob. All right, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Scully's the same way. Well, it's so good to see you all here at the Orange County Convention Center. Go Dodgers. Uh, hey, Ben, uh, we got you some audio of those guys out of Florida. Let me hear it. <laughs> what in the hell is this? I want a crew. I want a crew to Orlando. I want them there today. I want them dead. I want their family dead. I want their pets dead. Three seconds on the air, Mr. Scully. I Two, want every one, one of them dead. And oh, what a beautiful day we have here at Chavez Ravine. <laughs> Though, I got to be honest. I mean, if you think about your epitaph, beaten senseless, beaten <laughs> to death by a, by a Vin Scully uh, financed murder yeah. crew. <laughs> you know, it's 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 much better than what I'll probably get is massive stroke. Sure, sure. While eating fluff out of a jar. Sure. Watching without, Hamilton yet again without a shirt on, and uh, and and you know, it's just horribly disfit. You know, disfigured looking when they discover you. Sad news out of Central Florida. Unknown dies in most embarrassing way. Uh, the world takes no notice. I think being murdered by a Vin Scully financed crew would top that. Yes, I do. I agree. Oh, hold on. Uh, yes. yes. Vin says hello. Then <laughs> I'm just, you know, bleeding out on the floor. After but you're with the with the few conscious moments you have left. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, all right, not a bad way to go. Mark, if that does happen to John, then we need to work on what we can and can't say, because then you'll be relevant enough to be canceled. <laughs> that is true that is true so because they're going to go back they're going to go who's this mark Ferrer guy i've not even heard of him before yeah and there but the thing is jeff being careful now there it's uh, you know when you're when you're young and foolish i mean you make so many stupid 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 decisions so i've been you know there's so many things to cancel me for. It just yeah, goes but on none of on. them are, are on record, which is beautiful. Being our yeah. age, 
We did a bunch of really st- and said, I mean, think of yeah. the things you've said, but oh, nobody God. can ever find them because oh, we oh did it the old fashioned way, not on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think of one. No, seriously, seriously. I think of one text that I sent to Mark and Riley once. Uh, and if 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 I ever ran for public office and that it, all you would have to do is show somebody that text and I would be I would be shunned by society. Yeah, there's just no doubt about it. And that's that's just one I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there you would have to retire from public life, which has been really your desire for the last 12, 15, 25 years. Well, it's been taken care of for me. So yes, uh, you've retired from public life. Yes, though. I actually did go out and about. Hey, uh, I don't Jackie. Give, Owens. I don't give a damn about Jackie Owens. But tell <laughs> us what you're going to talk about regarding Jesse Owens. So, Jesse, it, it's a great story. It's a uh, you know sharecropping family. That ended up moving north uh, in the early part of the 20th century to, to, to make a better life for themselves uh, to, cl- to the Cleveland area. And uh, just a, just a kid who had this remarkable gift, kind of sickly as a, as a child and this remarkable gift. And he just ran with it. Pardon the pun. He really did, because everything he did caught the attention of. 10, 15, 20 other people. So he was able to matriculate and make those steps a lot quicker than most. Dominated Ohio State, dominated the Big Ten, dominated the 1936 Olympics, came home, and the problem was is that uh, the AAU, the AAU, I'm going to go after a little bit in this one, John, and you know I've wanted to do that for a long time. Oh, yes. Uh, a long, long, all family. <laughs> yes. yes. And uh, they, of course, wanted all the athletes from the they wanted to stay in Europe and they wanted to make their nut back for financing these people to go to the Olympics by having them do these tours. And the the, the athletes didn't get paid, of course, because they are amateur. So AAU was raking in a bunch of money off of what they were doing. Now, you know, people were justifying it because that's how they paid for their trip. Sure. Um, we can go on and on about that, but in the end, Jesse, you know, he had to, uh, he had to quit. So anyway, he had, he had issues there. He had challenges there. He had challenges getting hired, uh, for anything outside of a spokesperson here and there. He had a lot of challenges. And yet when the civil rights movement came along and I'm not giving too much away, but this to me was fascinating. He he didn't embrace it full throatedly because he kept saying it's just about economic opportunity. If you can get people to hire us and we can have a job and we can advance ourselves, that's what we need to do. And he was worried that all the protests would would turn away the actual guys that would do the hiring, if Mm -hmm. you will. You know, the old the old whiteies that would do the hiring would be less and less inclined to do that. Yeah. If they see this. And so it was a very interesting perspective. He was then shunned by the other side. So it was a tough road for him. Yeah. And he had health problems at the end, I believe, diabetes and, uh, it, and, and and lung issues as well. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty sad story in some ways. But I mean, he is somebody really I think we you do need to look back if, if you're not familiar with him and see uh, what he overcame, as did so many African-American athletes at that at that time. And I certainly hope that at some point in the uh, in the uh, presentation, you 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 uttered the phrase the world would have been a better place if Avery Brundage had never been burned. I, I hope you say that at some point. All right. I will. I, I have I have a sentence that's close to that, but I will wordsmith it to make it 
because it's hard to find too much to uh, uh, too much to say that's positive about that guy in yeah. many ways. Yeah. I mean, I think he is a there. There have been problems through the years with the Olympic movement on any number of levels. And we've seen corruption and everything. But, you know, Avery Brundage is is on the Mount Rushmore of problems with the Olympic movement. I think we are going to get into a lot of those politics. We're going to get into Nazi Germany, obviously. And we're going to get into, um, you know, a lot of a lot of very interesting Jesse Owens moments. But in the end. He had we're, we're talking about him, John, and that's yeah. because he broke or tied nine records <laughs> and most of them held for 30 years. Mm-hmm. It was a once truly a once in a lifetime talent that happened to be from America and happened to be, a, you know, a man of color, an African-American who happened to go into the heart of Nazi Germany. Right. And just blow everyone away. You know, the sad part is that he was 22 when that happened. Mm-hmm. And so the rest is, you know, trying to meet that high bar. Uh, but regardless, he did that. And it was it was all him. It was all him. It's a great story. Yep. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Anything else as we wrap it up and get out of here uh, before uh, we put ourselves together for this big uh, deep dive? Uh, anything you want to add? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Nothing. Yeah. Maybe. No, no, no. No. Just trying to think if we missed anything. I know I sent you a couple of articles. We didn't talk about anything that was in those articles. The uh, the Washington football team has a, has appointed a uh, an yep. African American uh, as the president of football operations. I think that's great. Uh, but as all my my skins friends uh, from back in D.C. have said, well, that'll be great if he has any power within the organization because the man at the top still the same. So uh, the problems are still there. I, I hope that this is a good hire for them. I, I just worry because every time Dan Snyder hires somebody, if they show a level of independence, he doesn't like that. And I think they need some people who are some independent thinkers there. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see if that happens or not. Anyway, moving on. That's it, folks. Yeah, thanks. Good to thanks. see that. Sorry. Thanks so much for hanging with us. When we're back on Friday, we will be talking uh, not about Jackie Owens. He, we shan't speak his name again. Uh, due to the Aruba po- poker issues. I'll get to it much later. And Vin Scully and, and, and Aruba. And Jack. Vin, Vin Scully is internally tied to uh, Jackie Owens. And and, and uh, Joe Connolly saying that uh, my Vin Scully sounds like a cross between Scully and John Lovitz, and I would agree with that. I would agree with that that's what I'm, what I'm doing. I'm just trying not to piss off Scully too much because I don't Again, want... Again, it's just a hybrid. It's just a hybrid. It's, yeah. it, it, you know... It, Dana Carvey would say this about impressions. You just have to have a hook. And your hook, John, is Garvey with a sing- single down. Yeah. You know, your your hook is going back to the baseball game. And, and Fernando sounding- lets loose of that pitch. Speaking of letting loose, I had a couple of the boys drag those uh, after further review clowns up to the top of the building and let loose of them. They won't be bothering us anymore. That, oh, well, no, Fernando looks like he's going to step off the mound. Here comes Lasorda. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. (laughs) This has been After Further Review with Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, and our producer, Jeff Taylor. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you on Friday.